1: I am Tom Laurie. Thank you for joining us. I will be your host today. Today, our guest mentor is Bruce Jeanette, a corporate lawyer who has been the co-chair of the global life science practice at the world's largest law firm, DLA Piper. He has been a corporate lawyer for over 40 years, for the past 35 of which he has focused on advising startup and emerging companies and their financiers in the life science space on company creation, financing, licensing, and commercial deals and the like throughout their life cycle. Today, Bruce will give us a peek behind the curtain at a major global law firm, the value of a good lawyer in today's highly regulated and litigious work world. And he will also tell us what it's like being a lawyer. Bruce, welcome and thanks for sharing your precious time with us. Let's get started. Why should I hire a lawyer uh, if I'm running a company? Why should I hire a lawyer?
2: Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, A lot of people think that lawyers are people you don't really want to talk to or need to talk to, but if you think of them uh, in the way that I describe myself in an emerging company practice, early stage practice, maybe I'm not really a lawyer. I'm a child psychologist, a river guide, an interior decorator working with these complicated companies, and you need to have somebody to guide you and to help you in those early stages. Um, It's the kind of thing that a lot of people in California think, oh, yeah, I need to go get a lawyer. But a lot of people outside of technology or otherwise, if they're going to start a company, think, I'll just do it myself. There are forms online. You wouldn't take out your own appendix with a teaspoon. You go to a doctor in the hospital. So think of the lawyer as a river guide, an architect, somebody who can really help you move forward. Now,
1: you're a corporate counsel, a corporate lawyer, and there are lots of different kinds of lawyers, and you work in a large firm, and in your firm you have, you. As I know, you offer a lot of different other types of legal help with people that are specialists in those areas. Could you describe some of those other practices that are within your umbrella, under your umbrella?
2: Sure. Uh, Our firm, DLA Piper, is 4,200 lawyers all over the world uh, with 70 offices, 29 countries. So we need to cover a lot of things. I tend to break it down pretty simply. One is, what substantive area do we cover? You have basically corporate and litigation. You've got intellectual property as well. Uh, What industries uh, do we need expertise in? Technology, life sciences, education, uh, construction, shipping, whatever. Uh, and then sort of what what are the skill sets that are needed? And some are advisory, some are drafting, and some are litigating or dispute resolution. So you, you find a variety of tools in the shed that get pulled out or utensils in the drawer that get pulled out for exactly when you need them. Um, and a lot of firms don't have that breadth or don't cover a lot of industries, a number of them do, but you want to just think about it as a really good toolbox
1: and you as a corporate uh, counsel in a large firm you're like a quarterback in some ways too is if i were to come to you and say uh, maybe i'm working on an fda uh, approval or something you can guide me to a regulatory attorney or if it has something to do with a specific type of contract there may be somebody is that i mean you you have an umbrella but you direct you're kind of the uh, policeman the cop on the traffic
2: there. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm the a, I'm a traffic cop or the air traffic controller, depending on, on which one works best. But fundamentally, you hire a lawyer. You don't hire a law firm. You want a law firm that can serve you, that's got a good name. There's plenty of them out there, big and small. But you hire somebody that's going to take an active interest in what you need, whether it's building the company or defending the company in litigation or prosecuting patents. And that lawyer needs to know where the other tools are in the shed. So If somebody says to me, as you just said, so I got to look at the regulatory pathway for this new food additive. I'm a corporate finance and deals guy and company starter and mover longer. I'm going to call my partner in our D.C. office who heads our regulatory practice. My job is to get my client in touch with them, stay on the line, usually clock off and say, here's the problem. What do you think we should do?
1: And I know uh, in working with large law firms over the course of my career that sometimes uh, we go outside the firm the law firm that we're using as our primary firm to find a, a certain specialist or somebody that has uh, unique skills. So I, I think it's important people to know that you recommend people within your firm, but there is no obligation uh, that they use those
2: people. Yeah, our, you know, the relationship the lawyer has with a client, at least mine for over 40 years, my grandfather was a judge. It's a very special relationship. It's like a doctor. Uh, or a priest or something like that, and I I don't mean that to be too grandiose, but you take an active fiduciary interest, not personal interest. So if there's something the client needs that we don't provide or that I know for an early-stage company can and should be provided at at less than we charge, my job is to support the client. And if I do that, they'll like us and stay with our firm. So, yes, and there are some firms that only cover a few things, and they go to others, and work together uh, collegially, help the client.
1: And we're, we're talking about startups and things, but I I think it's important for our audience. We're, this could be small companies, uh, big companies. You handle everything in between, not just startups. You run the gamut, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I migrated to life sciences, which is biotech, medical devices, lab on a chip, all that kind of stuff. And today, things like new foods, you know, the Impossible Burger, that type of thing. Um, all is fascinating to me scientifically, but it's at whatever stage. So I purposely try to spend most of my time with emerging companies because I can make the most difference there. But I and we work with public companies. We work in partnering deals, all kinds of uh, different different ages and stages of companies. The problems are typically the same. They're just more complex and bigger as the companies get bigger.
1: And do you, do you work with non nonprofits as well? Do you guys do any work? Or- I know you do some pro bono work, but do you ever do any uh, nonprofit work as a a client? Well,
2: I occasionally joke that uh, as I work in the emerging company (laughs) life sciences space, all my clients are nonprofit for a while. Uh, Yeah, I've done some work with with nonprofit every now and then. In fact, our firm has a major component of a culture, which is pro bono and nonprofit work, and you're expected to do that. Uh, If you don't, you are not carrying your weight as a, a citizen, if you will.
1: Well, when we come back after break, we're going to talk about how you would go about picking a lawyer. This is Tom Lorry, and this is The Mentors.
3: I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow. And I give
4: you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special, plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632, 1-800-890-6632, and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off, plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now.
3: A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, Maguire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For Maguire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as Maguire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award-winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at OathBook.org. That's OathBook.org. OathBook.org.
0: And now... Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and today we have Bruce Jeanette as our guest mentor. He is one of our nation's top corporate lawyers. He's with DLA Piper, and we're talking about how you can stay out of jail in a highly litigious society by having a good lawyer. Uh, Bruce, when we Uh, talked uh, in the last segment, we talked about uh, the the firm and what kind of things you do and the services are provided. So now I'm starting a company or maybe I have a company and I need a lawyer. Uh, How how do I go about finding a good lawyer? How do I judge them? What kind of questions do I ask? What do you recommend?
2: I could say call me. But what I will say (laughs) is just ask around word of mouth. In this ecosystem in Northern California, pretty much any major commercial center, Uh, If you go to events, uh, whether they're industry events or otherwise, and find out who people are using that you know uh, have a company. This is very much a word-of-mouth business. Uh, You know, all of us have our websites, and, you know, we're all brilliant and good-looking and all that stuff. Everybody is. But um, what you really find is by talking with people, who really is a counselor? Who's going to answer your phone calls at 3 a.m. when you really need to talk? And there are a lot of people that will do that. Uh, I point out that you will hire a lawyer. That lawyer is with the firm, but that lawyer is your primary connection. Just like you hire a doctor. And if you need blood tests or, you know, surgery, they'll refer you on. But you can look um, and see. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, hiring a lawyer because they write a great blog. Talk around. Talk to people. There are best lawyer lists that are put out every year. Uh, I've been on a number of them, and I say that only because I look at who else is on, them, and those are people I respect. So if I were looking for that, you can look in uh, a number of publications. Uh, And then send them an email and say, buy me breakfast, and let's talk about how you might be my lawyer.
1: Buy me breakfast.
2: Yeah. Well, if you're a startup. (laughs) (laughs) Buy me dinner. (laughs) Later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But... So I've been in this uh, world of startups and certainly large corporations for many years. And what I have found, uh, and as I mentor other young uh, entrepreneurs in particular, and I sit on the board of a company down in Dallas, and I find that how law is practiced for a young startup in Dallas is very different than how law is practiced in Northern California and dealing with firms on the East Coast, they have a different philosophy as well. Could you talk to that a little bit?
2: That's a really interesting point. I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, the profession uh, is highly regulated, and it's uh, the financials of how a firm works are highly regulated. And so uh, there are lawyers that are counselors, and there are lawyers, that, you know, finders, minders, and grinders. Uh, the lawyers, in my experience, in the corporate area, public or private, especially in Northern California, which is a very, very bubbling, uh, vibrant community business-wise, tend, again, to be the, – the good ones tend to be business partners. They think like business people. Uh, they see a problem before it comes up, and they make themselves available 24-7 uh, or try to. Um, I think there's also a softness of tone and approach out here. A um, number of people on the East Coast, good folks, so they may be take a somewhat didactic approach, you know, my way or the highway. Um, not everybody. But there's just kind of a, I, I would say, just a, a community sense of the lawyers. Clients out here respect lawyers. Lawyers respect the clients. So I think there's much more of a symbiosis than, you know, toss the meat over the transom, the lawyer cooks it and gives the steak back to you. That's That's old school, 40 years ago.
1: Well, I've also found, uh, and I'm speaking now in particular with startups, is that um, on the West Coast, many of the firms that I've dealt with, that if you've got a young company and you don't have any cash and you got to do a lot of things to do, is that the law firms, many of them, will stake you to the first $25,000 of services to get you off the ground. Uh, some other parts of the country, they don't do that. Another thing, which is really one of my hot buttons, is if you're dealing with somebody on the West Coast and you're doing deals, they have some idea of what the market rate is for deals. You get out of this area and go into other parts of the country and they have a whole different idea of terms and everything else and that uh, has created conflict sometimes. And then um, there are services that are provided. For instance, uh, I know on the West Coast generally lawyers, because they really want to be involved in a company, they don't charge for time when they go to a board meeting just to make sure they're on top of things or in other parts of the country, they do charge for those things. Maybe you could just add a little bit to the, to that idea of what I'm talking about, about the differences. There are a lot of differences.
2: Well, I would would underscore that and go back to the lawyer as a partner to the client and the client has to view the lawyer as a partner and a team member. Uh, Again, not somebody you call every six months. Um, So a couple of things. Most, Law firms out here, big and small, will defer 25000 bucks in fees, which, by the way, can add up very quickly. Uh, and uh, they'll defer it for six months or a financing of a million dollars, and they expect to be caught up. Most law firms, lawyers, will also afford a rate discount off the standard rates. It might be 5 to 7%, but it's a discount. Uh, no retainer is usually taken for the startup practice out here. In the old days, if you hired a lawyer, you paid a retainer. Now, litigation is different, because it could get ugly quickly. Um, some law firms will take stock in lieu of fees. I think that is a terrible idea, and there is a case I won't have time to go into here, where the law firm got caught in the middle by having voted for a squeeze-down financing on the founders. Uh, somebody just signed the consent. You should never take stock in your own client. Be purer than Caesar's wife, as the phrase goes. However, some law firms, and ours does have a fund in which partners it's like a blind trust and the fund puts cash in. Okay. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, I haven't for decades and mo- most people don't charge to go to the board meeting. The lawyer wants to be there and nine times out of 10, there's something where the lawyer says, I really don't think you want to fix prices there. That's not going to work. You know, so you have that Catch ongoing on. interactive Yeah, r- real, real time. Yeah.
1: This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Today we're talking with one of our nation's top corporate lawyers, Bruce Jeanette. Going back to picking, we talked about some of the geographic differences, and there's certainly differences uh, in how things are done between domains like tech versus healthcare, healthcare being highly regulated and all of that. And we've talked about deals. So what is, ultimately for, for me, as somebody that runs a company or somebody in my what is the best way for us to get the most value out of our attorney?
2: So, again, it starts with, uh, not to be redundant, view the attorney as a vital team member. Trust the attorney. No surprises either way. I've said it to many, many times in speaking to entrepreneur groups, the four most expensive words a young client can ever say to me, if I still had kids in college, it'd pay for four years of college at Harvard, or guess what I've done? It costs four times to fix that, as opposed to, here's what I want to do. The fifth most expensive word is, guess what, I've not done. So if you approach counsel in the following several ways, one is, you are my team member. Secondly, uh, don't charge me for everything. If I say I need to talk to you, clock off about something really important, please acknowledge that. And I say, fine, don't abuse it, and I certainly will. I will talk with you. The, The third is to seek the thoughts of the lawyer. The lawyer is an outside observer that could say to the CEO, I noticed that board member was looking at you with crossed arms and squinted eyes. What's going on there? That kind of thing. Um, I view it more like theater than anything else. A good actor will interact with the other actors, know exactly what's going on, and be able to presage issues, handle issues, and frankly, counsel and guide the people. Uh, And that's what you want. And and you want to take advantage of that.
1: And we talked about no retainer and all that. How do lawyers charge? I mean, what can you expect?
2: Uh, well, lawyers, uh, and and I don't like it, most lawyers don't like it, we charge uh, by the time we spend. There's a classic thing of in the old days, the white shoe firms in New York would do a huge deal and they'd send a one-line bill for services rendered, one million dollars, not today. A lawyer's account for their time generally in 15 minute or less increments. Uh, Sometimes you feel like a Dickensian shop clerk writing down your time. But that's how we uh, codify, quote unquote, value and bill the client. So we bill by the hour. Uh, The lawyer who's billing the client, actually responsible for it, usually the partner, uh, will look at a preliminary bill and say to the associate, you spent way too much time on this, or we could have done this more efficiently and should take a write off up front. Sometimes the client says, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was gonna cost this much, help me. Uh, And you talk with the client as a partner. You stay with us, you be honorable to us, we will reduce the bill to help you move forward. So, you know, it's generally an hourly rate, uh, no retainers, typically. Uh, In the patent area, you usually have to pay the patent filing fees, which can be somewhat large. Uh, Litigation's a whole different bag. Uh, I'm not a litigator. But, you know, when you're looking at something like that, sometimes there's a retainer. Uh, And you're billed monthly with deferrals, as I said, typically here.
1: We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about how lawyers charge for their time. But we need to go to break right now. And we have our top corporate attorney, Bruce Jeanette, who has much more to share about lawyers and their impact on your business when we return. This is Tom Lurie, and this is The Mentors Radio
5: are you concerned with the state of health care in america you're not alone millions struggle with making a decision with their health insurance but what if god provided another way a way to touch the lives of other christians by providing for their medical needs in a loving scriptural way join the hundreds of thousands of believers all across america who are sharing each other's medical needs like these friends i would never want to support any organization that is contrary to my faith. Samaritan Ministries allows us to control our own destiny, so to speak, in regards to taking care of our family.
4: When we had our first need, we start receiving notes and people are praying for you. The amount of support that we got through that was was incredible. It's like the, the body of Christ is all over and they're reaching out and they have no clue who we are, but they genuinely care about us.
5: If you'd like to become part of a growing community of Christians who are sharing each other's medical needs each month, visit us at SamaritanMinistries.org mentors. That's SamaritanMinistries.org mentors. Are you
3: struggling with how to practice your faith at work? Get answers to your questions and much more on the Catholic Business Journal, focusing on careers and business with a Catholic perspective. That's CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. The Catholic Business Journal, generating a return on principle. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz CatholicBusinessJournal.biz
6: Do you want to make a living and live a meaningful life? Is it possible to be financially successful while making a positive difference in the world? Chris Lowney, author of the best-selling business classic Heroic Leadership and popular speaker on topics of leadership, corporate ethics, and decision-making, shares with you his 10 simple daily habits to building a better life and world and how to implement them in his new book, Make Today Matter. Some of these habits include don't win the race, give away your sneakers, be more grateful, and control the controllables. Make Today Matter is a 2018 Distinguished Favorite Book in the Independent Press Awards and makes the perfect gift for anyone in a time of transition, graduating high school or college, beginning a new job, or entering retirement. No matter where you are in life, it is never too late to Make Today Matter. Available everywhere books are sold.
4: When a prospect like Sarah visits your website, will she engage with your content? Will your message be friendly? Will it be informative? Most important, will it build trust, like one friend to another? If not, go to BetterWebsales.com and contact Catherine Andes. Catherine can freshen your website, plus drive more traffic with SEO, helping you turn visitors into customers. Start today. Go now to BetterWebsales.com. That's
0: BetterWebsales.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Lorre, today I have DLA Piper's Bruce Jeanette, one of our nation's top corporate lawyers, and we're talking about how... A good corporate counsel can help your business and get a good return for your investment. We are delighted with the response that our show has received. If you've missed any of this show or any previous episodes, you can download our podcast by going to our website, thementorsradio.com. That is thementorsradio.com. Remember to subscribe while you're there so you do not miss any future shows. All of the content that we provide is available for free. Bruce, when we were in the last segment, we were talking a little bit about charging. I want to just wrap up on that. I've got two questions. Lawyers also charge for travel, right? So the minute you leave the house and go to a place or get on a plane, you charge for all of that, don't you?
2: Nope, not unless you're doing work. <clears throat> and frankly, you should fly business class unless you're going to Europe. For a meeting immediately have to get off the plane. No, lawyers don't charge for travel. In fact, I think the last time... I remember ever putting in for mileage was probably 20 years ago. It's just not worth it. You charge for the time, my thesis and that of most lawyers I think is, you charge for the time you're providing thoughtful, uh, cognitive uh, guidance and advice, not getting there. Uh, Now, if I happen to be driving to a board meeting and the CEO calls and wants to talk about something really substantive as opposed to what we're having for lunch, I may or may not charge that. And one last point, even if I don't charge things a number of times, uh, I will put it on the bill, not in a way that could come back to haunt the client, but discussions with uh, CEO regarding potential financing. He's asked me to make it clock off. I put no charge to client. On that day, around that time, there's a record that he and I actually talked about it, or she and I talked about it. Uh, but uh, that's just a part of keeping a record.
1: But if you do fly to Europe and you work for four or five hours in a plane. That would be,
2: that's something. Same thing as if I'm in my office. But yeah. y- y- you know, that's, um, if you're really spending four or five hours on an airplane, you probably didn't spend enough before you got on the airplane. You okay. Know, or you got and cold then, in the plane <laughs> And then the
1: other thing, so people are clear, is that when you're hiring an attorney and you figure out what their hourly, you have associates, you have lower level people. Why don't you talk about how you pass that workload along to others in the firm?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Uh, we're a very uh, lean business in the sense that, let's take a typical startup, the partner will, like, like myself, will, will really work with the psychology, the child psychology, getting the group together, solving founder dispute stuff. You know, kids don't try this at home type stuff, not, not out of arrogance, but just out of experience of how to manage that. Once the company gets sort of stable and they're going to do a financing, the partner will typically be the, the architect, help the company with the investors, line up a bridge financing or whatever, and then hand that off to the subcontractor builder, the associate. An associate is somebody who has been in practice anywhere from one to maybe seven or eight or nine or 10 years before they become a partner. The more senior they are, the more experienced and also the more expensive. So part of my job, the right tool in the shed is find a you know, third level, third year associate who's really good and a paralegal to handle uh, some of the lesser, uh, uh, let's call it legal substantive stuff. So, there's a blended cost of what uh, what comes out.
1: So, one of the things that I mentioned to people that uh, ask me about attorneys is that, uh, and they'll think, well, gee, that guy or gal is going to cost me seven or eight hundred bucks an hour, and I've got this guy down the street that he's only going to charge me 150 an hour, 200 an hour. And as I've explained to people, and I think it's an important point, is that. When you hire somebody that's really experienced, somebody like you that knows what's going on in the industry, the deals, the terms and everything else, you can answer a question in 10 minutes where I have found those that are less experienced, less informed, can charge you for five hours and you'll end up paying a lot more. And I I think that's something that people must uh, take into account when they're hiring a lawyer.
2: That's exactly right. I have another thing I say to entrepreneur groups that if you look at my CV, my resume, I have a lot of experience. And I don't say that out of ego. I say that because experience is what you get when you did not get what you wanted. So I have a lot of experience that I can share. We all do. And I think the, um, you know, the the idea that, uh, again, if somebody says, what's your hourly rate? I'll tell them. And they kind of, you know, Really? Look, I don't set my hourly rates. It's a function of experience and seniority. And look, theoretically, I'm supposed to be able to do two things that a third-year associate most normally can't do. One, in about a half to a third of the time, I'll see the pathway. The second is to right away at the outset, not get bogged down in research and drafting, go, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The reason we're having trouble negotiating is you really don't trust the guy on the other side. And the earnout is something you're pretty sure you're not going to get. Let's face that issue. That's what experience does.
1: This is Tom Lohr. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Today we are with one of our nation's top corporate lawyers, Bruce Jeanette. Just so we're clear for our audience, there's a big difference between a trial lawyer and a corporate lawyer, although a corporation may at times need a trial lawyer. Yeah, Maybe just clarify that a little bit about what a, a trial, we've talked a lot about a corporate lawyer. What is a trial lawyer? Just briefly, what is he or she
2: doing? I have kind of a joke with clients say, if you don't listen to my advice, I will refer you to one of my trial lawyers. Uh, only because the, the if you think of a corporate attorney who does starting the company, building a great board, helping the board management work together, financing, licensing, and all kinds of other things, commercial deals, uh, they're helping to build things. Uh, And uh, they hopefully give advice that doesn't result in problems, but you're not in control of the universe. So people may sue you, an ex-employee may get ticked off and sue. A trial lawyer, and I'm going to use the phrase litigation, because before you go to trial, you think, can we get out of this? Can we settle this? What's our case? If you go to trial, you need somebody who's got a very specialized set of skills uh, to stand up in front of a judge who will question the heck out of them, Uh, And and you want a person there who is good under fire, knows the law, knows the facts, and it's a very different type of practice.
1: And as you coming back to the firm and a large firm, what does a partner mean? What does that mean? What is it? You got lawyers and you got partners. What? Well,
2: they're all all lawyers. You got uh, you got partners are people who are uh, owners of the business, and their income varies according to how much they bring in, how well the firm does. Uh, associates get paid a salary. There are other things, I'll counsel, senior counsel. They get paid on a contract basis. But a partner is like a partner in, in any partnership, real estate or otherwise. They're owners of however well the business does, however poorly it does. Uh, and a firm our, our size has partners all over the world. But there are four or five partner firms. Uh, to go back to your point earlier, if, if there's somebody locally who's really, really good for a very early stage company... And I really think that what that company is going to need for a while is not what we charge for and bring to bear. My job is to kind of tell them to go talk to my friend Dan or Bob. Um, n- just because you're with a big law firm doesn't mean that it's, you know, that you're the, the only game in town.
1: Well, we're going to cut the break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what happens when a company doesn't get a good lawyer. We're talking to Bruce Jeanette, one of the top corporate attorneys in the United States. He has much more to share about lawyers and their impact on your business when we return. If you have any questions or feedback, call anytime at 844-810-8255. That is 844-810-TALK. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio. Imagine waking
0: up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time, your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to HopeInACan.com. That's HopeInACan.com. HopeInACan.com.
5: Are you concerned with the state of health care in America? You're not alone. Millions struggle with making a decision with their health insurance. But what if God provided another way? A way to touch the lives of other Christians by providing for their medical needs in a loving, scriptural way. Join the hundreds of thousands of believers all across America who are sharing each other's medical needs like these friends. I would never want to support any organization that is contrary to my faith. Samaritan Ministries allows us to control our own destiny, so to speak, in regards to taking care of our family.
4: When we had our first need, we start receiving notes and people are praying for you. The amount of support that we got through that was was incredible. It's like the, the body of Christ is all over and they're reaching out and they have no clue who we are, but they genuinely care about us.
5: If you'd like to become part of a growing community of Christians who are sharing each other's medical needs each month, visit us at SamaritanMinistries.org slash mentors. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash mentors. And now, back to
0: The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Lorre. And today I have DLA Piper's Bruce Jeanette one of our nation's top corporate attorneys, and we're talking about using and having the law work with you in building a successful company. So if – tell me – you must have some great stories about companies who didn't get a good lawyer. What Tell me about what happens when you don't get a good lawyer.
2: Well, I don't – fortunately, uh, the worst I have is when they come to me having had somebody who didn't know what they were doing uh, – or didn't pay attention to them, or just had tried to uh, do it all themselves. And so it's a pretty obvious point. Uh, if, if you're going to try to do something that is um, a well-established pathway, which corporate law and partnership law is very complex, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand it, but you better know it as a lawyer. In other words, a layperson could probably do most of what lawyers do, except for very complex IP stuff and licensing. But fundamentally, if you don't have a lawyer, you are, as a corporation, uh, either going to miss set up the corporation with the result that you're going to spend four times as much to fix it, uh, if it doesn't fall apart before then. Or if you don't have a lawyer to advise you on what to do and not do as a corporation, and somebody sues you, you might actually wind up uh, being personally liable, and the corporate shell that protects you from liability is pierced, as the phrase goes, uh, by the court saying, look, if you want the protection of a corporation, you better act like one. You better issue stock. You better have board meetings, all that kind of stuff. Um, But you raise another question. What is good legal counsel? I think most clients recognize really, really great lawyering. Uh, They recognize really bad lawyering. But most people don't know mediocre lawyering, just like with a doctor, as long as I'm healthy. I I like my doctor, I think he's quite good, very practical. He's a mechanic, right, the guy I use. Um, But I think the client owes themselves a duty of not micromanaging or harassing their counsel. Don't, hey, I didn't like this .3 minutes that Joe spent, because I don't think he's a good person, or you know, that kind of thing. the client owes a duty to stay in touch with the lawyer. It's like you do with your doctor. You don't go in and just get diagnosed. You go in and say, hey, I got this thing on my arm. What do you think? Or, you know, put on a little weight. Is that okay? How's my blood pressure? You should view that as a symbiotic member of your team. And if you don't, and the lawyer's not paying attention to you, you might as well not have that lawyer.
1: So I'm a startup. I have no cash. I don't know who to go to. And I get online, and I see this thing called... I think it's called Zoom Legal, and there's forms, and I can fill them out, and I can file. I mean, we understand the value of having somebody to talk to. Uh, Where would you you put that type of uh, legal help?
2: Uh, (laughs) Not in the trash can, not at all. Uh, So I'll say it again. Lawyers are not rocket scientists. They are uh, technicians and craftsmen uh, and architects and engineers uh, as analogies and riverboat captains whatever you want to say but you can go to LegalZoom or any of these other places take a look at what's there it's not bad you can incorporate your company simple incorporation <clears throat> you could uh put in your bylaws you can use their forms and get the company started but that's like saying i went out to the garage put the key in the car turn the engine on now what right and What if I find out the car is making all kinds of strange noises? Now what?
1: Well, and I'd I'd add for my uh, friends in the startup world that uh, what a firm like yours and there are others, uh, particularly people that have a domain uh, expertise and are well-known, you can introduce uh, your companies to potential investors. You can tell them about different uh, funds and what they're investing in, who the right person is, who the bad people are to work with, who the good people are. Uh, you can uh, also help them fill out their board of directors with some quality people so there's much more than just the oh, legal yeah. part as you said you're yep. you're like a priest and a counselor but you have all these other areas that you can help a company as well so i i understand that this is tom Laurie, you're la- listening to the mentors radio we are with uh, bruce jeanette today one of our t- nation's top corporate attorneys um tell us a little bit about how you found your way into law What's your story?
2: Yeah, it's a short story, and I actually think about it a lot. So when I grew up uh, in the late 40s, early 50s, I had an uncle who was a very prominent trial lawyer in Houston. Uh, And among other things, he was the one who got KLM Airlines uh, legally all set up to come through Houston and make Houston an international city. And it was a big deal in the city. It was like the railroad coming to town. And that always impressed me. And He was a big guy with a deep voice, and I could see him you know, as a trial lawyer, and I thought that's worthwhile. Um, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that that this could be a really creative, interesting uh, occupation. And so I never thought about doing anything else. And I'm glad I didn't because I'm able to use my uh, and I've done this in the past. You know, furniture builder, home builder uh, mentality. I've got to cut the piece of wood just so long. How do I do that? Uh, creative writing ability uh, in negotiations, some theatrical stuff, you know, all with good professional purpose. But it's a wonderful occupation uh, because you don't have 58 bosses. And generally at law firms, sometimes there are sharp elbows, but you don't have large, let's say large, huge company politics and everybody's swirling to get to the top of the heap. The other thing is that,
1: I mean, you, you really run your own company,
2: well, you run your you own. You bring in du- the business, you run, you run the business, and right. then you have the, yeah. That's right. You, you you bring the bacon in, you cook the bacon, you help others to eat the bacon. But I would say also uh, something that's really meaningful to me as a lawyer is um, I was in law school when the whole John Dean, Nixon thing, Watergate went down, and lawyers were kind of viewed as the scum of the earth. Um, the whole thing with uh, Mr. Trump's lawyer may bring some of that back, but I don't really think so. But I always grew up that lawyers were really an honorable part of the community and a lot of people that about 40 years or whatever still have their law school diploma on their office wall. It's like, oh, God, you're a lawyer? You went to Stanford? Who knew, right? You're here in your office. I have on my wall my grandfather's admission to the State Bar of Missouri in 1894 and his waiver into the state of Texas in 1896. And he was a judge and he rode a horseback circuit to hear cases. And that was a really cool story. It happened to be true. But I look at that every day when I come in and go out. And I go, okay, I like this.
1: And how many hours do you work a day? What's the work-life balance like?
2: Uh, it's, actually, it's actually good. It varies from year to year. Some years I've worked 2,000 hours. Some years I've worked 1,000. Uh, it really depends, but I think you need to learn to manage time. I work a lot at night, at home, or on weekends. I used to think it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then Saturday, Sunday, or 6 o'clock. Then, no it's it's a continuum and i frequently get get on i was on the phone yesterday at easter with a client that has a big financing problem and we talk for like 30 40 minutes because that's if again if i get sick i want my doctor to pick up the phone you know so looking back what would you tell that 16 year old
1: to do different
2: Mm. uh i would say uh Dive in, go to law school, do the very best you can, but that's just getting your ticket punched. When you go to a firm, go to the best firm that you can go to, really do your homework, really figure out who the right, right thing is that attracts you. If it's litigation, go for it. If it's corporate, figure out what industry, what segment, what types of stuff, experiment around. I did. I'm happy with what I did. If I were doing it again, I might be in media law or I might be in consumer, but I love what I'm doing. In life sciences, I get to see the future.
1: We have to go to our final break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the wisdom that you've gained. This is uh, Bruce Jeanette that we're talking to from D.L.A. Piper, one of the top corporate attorneys in the United States. Like us on Facebook at TheMentorsRadio.com. You will find all of our show notes and links at MentorsRadio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio.
4: Hey, there's something new for you at the mentorsradio.com website, a new special offers page. There you'll find unique offers available only to our listeners, you. For example, have you ever wondered if a career coach could help you get to the next level? Find out. For a limited time, a superb career coach is offering you a free session. The offers change all the time, so bookmark the mentorsradio.com. That’s the mentorsradio.com, the mentorsradio.com. A lifetime
3: ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire, after 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org. Oathbook.org.
4: When a prospect like Sarah visits your website, will she engage with your content? Will your message be friendly? Will it be informative? most important, will it build trust, like one friend to another? If not, go to betterwebsales.com and contact Catherine Andes. Catherine can freshen your website, plus drive more traffic with SEO, helping you turn visitors into customers. Start today. Go now to betterwebsales.com. That's betterwebsales.com.
6: Do you want to make a living and live a meaningful life? Is it possible to be financially successful while making a positive difference in the world? Chris Lowney, author of the best-selling business classic, Heroic Leadership, and popular speaker on topics of leadership, corporate ethics, and decision making, shares with you his 10 simple daily habits to building a better life and world and how to implement them in his new book, Make Today Matter. Some of these habits include don't win the race, give away your sneakers, be more grateful, and control the controllables. Make Today Matter is a 2018 distinguished favorite book in the Independent Press Awards and makes the perfect gift for anyone in a time of transition, graduating high school or college, beginning a new job, or entering retirement. No matter where you are in life, it is never too late to Make Today Matter. Available everywhere books are sold.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and today I have DLA Piper's Bruce Jeanette, one of our nation's top corporate lawyers. He's been talking to us about how you can use your lawyer to ensure success both in your business and in your career, what um, what do you see as the future for your profession and for law firms in general in a world that certainly there's a lot of structural change? What do you see?
2: Something I think about a lot because uh, of two things. If you think you uh, don't have to worry about the future, you will be unpleasantly surprised. And the other is a quote uh, by uh, Alan Kay who purportedly is the inventor of the mouse uh, for computers, who said uh, the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Now, that applies to technologies, but what I see is this. There has been, so first of all, law and the practice of law, think of it as a a really old-fashioned medieval guild, okay? Like the leather workers or the silver workers. It's a very archaic situation where you've got teams of three to four or maybe 30 lawyers on litigation you don't have the vertical hierarchy. You have bo- you have you have bosses. You have management, of course. Uh, I mean, DLA is is superbly managed. I have every confidence it's going to do great in the future. But some firms aren't. They fall apart. Large ones. So I guess I would say the following: that we still practice like we did a hundred years ago. Um, you know, people pick up the phone and call. We draft documents. We negotiate. We close deals. We move on. The big firms are getting bigger, and the smaller firms, many of them, are having to scramble. Uh, you know, we're 4,200 lawyers, but uh, there are others that are uh, not that much smaller. And we're talking revenues, and it's all public, it's on website, in, in billions of dollars if you got that many lawyers that, that many hours. Uh, it's a big business. It's like GE uh, or Ford. Um, I don't know how big is big. Uh, I don't see any end to what we can do at DLA, Uh But there can only be so many gigantic firms, especially as rates go up. So I don't know whether the structure of the law firm is gonna survive the next 50 to 100 years as it currently stands. But what I do see is artificial intelligence, um, which is not a term I would apply to my colleagues, to some people in life, but not to my colleagues. Artificial intelligence is gonna supplant the the, kind of the, the judgment, the wisdom, the experience of lawyers Per se, there's a phrase I like better than lawyers: counselor. That's what I think of myself as. I'm a counselor. I'm a coach. I'm a guide. Um, I'm supposed to take what I know and apply it to what the client's got going on, and say, "Here, here are five pathways forward. Let's follow them. This one looks like the best one to get where you want to go." So, I don't think we're going to see robots doing law. Uh, I don't know how big big firms get. Small firms, unless they're incredibly specialized. Or in the government affairs area where you've got a connection to what you did before. I don't know where they're headed. Um, and some of the big law firms will fall apart. Some have. So that's the future. What, well, would, you tell, well,
1: what would you tell that person that's out there in the audience yeah. that late in life they've decided, you know, they really would like to be a lawyer? What would you tell that person?
2: Well, depending on how late in life you are, you don't have that many years to have to worry about it. Go for it. Go for it. Give it a <laughs> shot. Do
1: you hire, uh, does your firm hire older lawyers that are coming out of school?
2: Uh, I prefer to call them mature, but yeah, some people will go back to school. I was in the army for four years, so I was maybe thirty, thirty-one when I got out of the, the law school, as opposed to going straight through. People, do, we do hire uh, a number of very prominent people out of industry or, you know, out of a large corporation. Sometimes a client that um, age is not so relevant as experience, and in some cases, what revenue do you bring to the firm? In some cases, it's not the revenue; it's the name recognition, the expertise, the, the, the river guide in, in D.C., for lack of a better term.
1: Now, you've met all sorts of people over the course of your life, all ages, all domains. What is that one thing that you've seen and those people that you find are most at peace with life and have found the greatest joy?
2: I think it's pretty simple. If you view what you do... As vocational and avocational uh, as I do, what I do is uh, I'm an artist, not as a real artist, but my daughter when I was younger said, what do you do, daddy? I said, just what you do. I cut up pieces of paper and put them back together. I chit chat with my friends and we talk a lot on the phone. It wasn't as silly as it sounds. I love what I do. I will not stop doing it because to me it provides just an artistic way to to help people and, and look at the future.
1: Well, great. Unfortunately, we're out of time. We could talk about law all day long. We've been talking to one of our nation's top corporate attorneys, Bruce Dunnett. Thank you for sharing your precious time and the insights on law and the need for a corporate attorney with me and my audience. If you tuned in late, you can listen to this and past shows by downloading podcasts by going to our website, the mentorsradio.com. When you're there, please subscribe to future shows. Thank you for listening. We will be back next weekend at this time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember, be all you can be and keep the candle lit for all those who struggle in the darkness.
0: It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.